Hello again, Broncos country, and welcome back to another episode of the Orange Weekly Podcast. We're glad that you could listen in to us today, and we're happy that you're listening. I, as always, am your host, Jared, along with my co-host, Matt. We are here to break down the next game. This week, your Denver Broncos are taking on and hosting the hot, hot, hot Kansas City Chiefs. After a really tough road game uh, out on the East Coast against Baltimore, I think the Broncos are looking for a little bit of a bounce back. Uh, Before we get into the full podcast, some things you can look forward to. We're going to talk about whether or not this is a need-to-win game, who's on the hot seat, who may not be on the hot seat, as well as our predictions and what you should be expecting from the game. So before we get into it, Matt, any pre-insight to this game that you're looking forward to before we get fully into the podcast? See what the Broncos are made of after a loss. You got to come back strong with the wind, especially with uh, such a like fierce competitor with the Chiefs. This is going to be a big test. Yeah, big test indeed. All right, Broncos country, we'll bring you in as soon as we get done with the match. Thanks again for listening, Broncos country, and welcome again. Uh, we really appreciate you listening in. If this is your first time listening into the pregame podcast for the Orange Weekly, just giving you a little bit of an update. We are here to give you the insights on what to expect for this upcoming week. As always, we're going to go ahead and start off with talking about the coaches. And we're, let's not dive too much into Andy Reid. I don't think we need to get too far into the weeds with Andy Reid. We have a couple episodes uh, from last year that we really got pretty deep but what what are you seeing from Andy Reid this year that we haven't seen in past years that's hard to say because you're right like we don't need to talk about Andy Reid because everybody knows Andy Reid we're we're seeing the same thing we've seen with Alex Smith over the last you know five years uh, with, with him coaching Kansas City and pretty similar to the stuff we saw with him and my uh and McNabb and Vic and a little bit with Foles towards you know his the end of his tenure with the, the Eagles. And that's just a very steady uh, ball protecting offense that uses speed, misdirection, and just movement all the time. You, you can't really prep for an offense like this. It's it's difficult because they're, they're so dynamic. So what we're seeing with Andy Reid is exactly that, except this time he's got probably the best quarterback he's ever had in his entire career as a coach. Patrick Mahomes and him are going to be, or have been really a deadly combination so far this year. Yeah, obviously we're going to talk quite a bit about Mahomes uh, and and the offensive weapons that they have that just seem to be, at least through the first three weeks, completely unstoppable. It doesn't seem like any team they play has been able to stop them. So uh, we'll definitely get into that. Coming into his first year as the offensive coordinator, uh, what can you tell me about offensive coordinator Eric Bainimi? Um, well done. Uh, I'd say that you know he's he's part of the Andy Reid coaching tree. He's been the running back coach for the Chiefs since 2013, ever since Reid uh, got there. And uh, you know he's had a really a lot of success with his running backs. He was lucky too to have guys like Jamal Charles and now with Kareem Hunt right. on the team. You know it's 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 pretty fun to coach guys that are so dynamic, so talented. But he's been part of the system for a long time. Um, he's steady, and he's not the play caller either. Uh, Andy Reid is. He's the one who designs this offense. It's his philosophy. So 
Eric here is just, you know, he's, he's supporting Andy in this and he's watching from up top and he's, he's being, he's playing a big role, but um, it's still Andy Reid's offense. Um, but just, you know, just to point out just how successful Andy Reid's um, offensive coordinators have been in the past. There's three right now that are, you know, good head coaches, Pat Shermer, Matt Nagy, both first year head coaches and Doug Peterson, right. who just won Super Bowl last year. So good people come from the Andy Reid tree, uh, really talented coaches. So Eric Benimi, I think is, um, Really same deal, just a very bright football mind that knows what he's doing. Uh, so far this year, their offense, uh, Casey's number seventh in total yards and number seven in pass yards, number 15 in the rush, and they're first with points, which is not surprising considering Mahomes. And then, uh, yeah, they're just, you know, right now starting the year off really hot, really strong offense. Benini's doing a great job, court, uh, you know, orchestrating everything. Um, but it's officially, you know, Andy Reid's system. Yeah, you mentioned about the coaching tree and I know we mentioned it before in previous podcasts but it's interesting to see that there's really only like three pretty big coaches I think uh between Andy Reid uh, I think I say Eric Mangini and obviously Bill Belichick I think those are your big three coaches that almost everybody has some sort of connection with somewhere along the lines um so obviously you know he's just the next step up and he's the next one on there okay so before we get into the Broncos coaches and everybody stick around for this because I'm sure you guys want to hear about what we think of how this Broncos coaching staff is doing so far uh, let's talk a little bit about the defensive coordinator in Bob Sutton what can you tell me about Bob Sutton um, Bob Sutton's been with the, uh, the Chiefs for six years now under Reed. Uh, so it's, you know, he, he's had a long tenure, which is pretty rare for a coordinator. Um, he's had up and down years, but, you know, he, there's been moments of strengths and moments of really big weaknesses. And right now he's in a big down year in terms of statistics. Casey's ranked last in terms of total yards, last in passing yards, 18th against the run. But considering that, you know, their quarterback's throwing four or five touchdowns a game, you know, it forces other teams to pass more. So, you know, 18th in the run could easily be 32nd in the run. But, you know, we, we don't really know the strength of this run defense because teams are passing so much, which also plays into these statistics. You know, it, it might not be a true illustration of Kansas City's defense, but nonetheless, they haven't been very strong this year. Um, and, you know, it's just because their, their roster is a lot more depleted on defense than it used to be. They, they lost Marcus Peters, Tamba Hali. Uh, they got some new linebackers. Uh, Eric Berry is still hurt, unfortunately, so he hasn't been there. So it's it's just a very, like, you know, roster-depleted defense, which I'm sure is hurting Bob. But otherwise, schematically, he runs a standard 34. He relies heavily on his pass rush. Um, and strong defensive line presence to, to give help to the DBs. Um, you know, it's a pretty standard system that I'm sure, you know, the Broncos have seen many a time. Yeah, and he has a lot of athletes on that team that's been with the team for a little while. I mean, Justin mm -hmm. Houston is one of the biggest names I can yeah. think of that, uh, you know, that, that defense has been has been pretty stout in the past. And, and obviously in the first three games, you're right, it's been a shootout. And to be honest with you, it's not – a crazy shootout on the Kansas City side because they just score so fast yeah. that I mean their defense has to play deep defense. They're on the field a lot and not in a bad way. Obviously, in the good way that they get up so quick. So uh, they they have a very potent offense that scores so fast that the defense has to yeah. come back out there. So I think that plays a little bit into why their defense doesn't have the numbers. I'd say that other other defenses do this year. Absolutely. So that brings us to before we get into uh, how, how we feel that our coaches are going to play against. Let's talk a little bit about Joe Woods. Let's talk a little bit about Vance Joseph. Let's talk a little bit about what everybody is starting to call a super, super hot seat. So we're talking about 
Joe Woods, the defensive coordinator. We're talking about Vance Joseph, who we hired back when we hired three years ago, two and a half years ago. We, we hired him as a defensive head coach. Plain and simple. We needed a defensive-minded guy in there because that's where our strength was. It was our defense. Last week, after week two, I'd say, he came out and admitted fault and some fault to how our defense was playing. And we talked about it on the last podcast too. It, you know, the defense was playing really soft and not soft in the fact that they're not hitting hard, but more soft in the fact that they're playing these 10 yards off, eight to 10 yards off. They don't seem to be mixing it up at all. And this week, Fast forward to this last week. Obviously, it's a loss. Obviously, there's some tempers. Obviously, there's some blame somewhere. And everybody wants to push it somewhere else. And this week, you saw Vance Joseph push it to Joe Woods, which is rough. And, and I don't know if it's rough on Joe Woods or if it's rough on Vance Joseph. Is rough, is, was Joseph trying to take the fall earlier or is Joe Woods actually at fault here? But what do you think about this hot seat? And what do you see if, if this continues? If this lackadaisical type of... Or, or this, this lack of disguising of, an, of a defense, something that can be easily figured out. If this keeps up, where do you see this going? Well, if listen, if they keep winning, like this only been one loss and, you know, one loss, every team this year is going to have one loss. I just think that, you know, if they keep winning, these problems are going to sort of figure themselves out. But I think what would stop them from winning is this lack of chemistry between the coaching staff. If the players really connect with that kind of stuff, and if the coaches aren't tight and they're not being accountable and they're not working together, players are going to start to form factions. They got to keep winning. And Vance Joseph, he's the head coach, and unfortunately, he's got to take the blame whenever it's bad, and he's got to give the uh, the, the praise whenever it's good. That's a way to kind of keep your coordinators happy and, and feeling trusted upon you. And you know, especially if 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 you make a defensive decision, Vance, you have to take over this this. The, you know the, the blame for this and even if you don't and joe woods does listen take the blame regardless and just 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 take it take right. the hit and move on and that's that's a really respectable move to make that's strong leadership because at the end of the day vance joseph is responsible for every single performance on that entire roster and if they don't perform you know it, it goes to the leadership so if he doesn't want to be accountable maybe he's not the right leader for the broncos right and i agree and i think that him pushing blame to joe woods is definitely Knowing that he is a defensive coordinator, I, I feel like is a little bit of a cop-out. I, I do. And I, I like Vance Joseph. I liked him when he first came in. I was on the train. But I'm starting to think this hot seat's getting a little too hot for him. And obviously, yes, you're right. It's only one loss, and we don't want people to, like, freak out. But let's be honest. That really easily, these two games, really could – we could be 0-3 right now. It Very yeah. simply, that we won both these last two games on, on last-minute comebacks. And – almost reminiscent of the Tim Tebow era where we don't play anything until the fourth quarter. Well, this time we played the first five plays of the of the game great, and then the rest of the plays just awful. And and we'll get in a little bit more too, and I don't want to take too much away from Tanner and Jeff in the pregame podcast. If you guys want to listen to that, please go listen to that. They, they break down this a little bit as well. But we definitely have a problem. Can we fix it? Yes. But... It's something that needs to be fixed. And if it's not fixed, then obviously there's going to be some changes that are going to be coming down the line. And and it does suck. Obviously, so I was watching, just a little bit of a break here, I was watching that the Cleveland Browns win game last Thursday. Yeah. And how excited the city was and how, A, bless the Cleveland Brown fans, that they sold out that stadium in nothing but Cleveland Browns gear 
And yeah. after losing, you know, two and a half, you had two years in a row and uh, <laughs> finally get the win and how excited they were that they got the win. They, they didn't care how they got it. They didn't care that, yeah. you know, it was it had to be a comeback from their rookie. Obviously, they have a lot of good things looking forward to for them. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah. And it was amazing. You know, their tears were shed. It was it was really cool to see. And I thought about it for a second. And I go, you know, Broncos fans, we're a little pickier. I think. Yeah. I think we're, we're a little picky because we expect greatness every year and we expect Spoiler, playoffs yeah. every year. And when we don't get it, we get frustrated. And I think that's something yeah. that um, obviously one loss is one loss. We can't freak out about it. But if this trend that we've seen in the past couple of games, even though we won the first two, continues, I, I do think that it's something that's going to be going into. So we'll go ahead and move on from that. I, don't wanna, I didn't want to spend too much time on that, mm-hmm. but it's something that needs to be said. Let's talk about that defense that we're talking about against this high-powered offense. We're talking about Kareem Hunt. We're talking about Tyreek Hill. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes, who is electric out there. Mm. How is Joe Woods supposed to supposed to deal with that? And is this going to be one of those games where we just need to control the ball more than they control the ball without letting them score? Well, I think it's really going to come from the edges of the line. KC, their, their strength is they get the ball out really fast and they use a lot of misdirection and just movement like Patrick Mahomes is ridiculously athletic it's you know you might not think it but he's really good at getting out of pocket especially on rollouts and just using his feet so the key to this game Joe Woods is going to really have to beat the, the tackles and put a lot of pressure on Mahomes you got Bradley Chubb you've got Von Miller you've got Shane Ray you've got Shaquille Barrett there's four guys there that can I think are better than the tackles for Kansas City Mitchell Schwartz is actually playing so I shouldn't say better than both tackles Mitchell Schwartz is playing really well I mean he's allowed three pressures in three games and that's that's pretty impressive coming from the right tackle spot um, so the, really the pressure on Eric Fisher who's playing the left tackle hey man like if you get a good matchup there that could be destructive on Mahomes um, this year he hasn't he hasn't really been pressured all that much he hasn't been sacked a lot so right. this is something that could really rattle him he needs to see that the pressure from the outside will force the guards to start trying to support on the outside and that can allow the inside to open up you know some inside bliss some twists anything that Joe Woods can can wheel together yeah um so so there, there's a lot that can happen but it's really going to be in the box because I, you know, I think Tyreek Hill out there is going to be just a nightmare for the Broncos uh, secondary right um, which can then open up uh, Sammy Watkins, who, I mean, if he shows up, he's good, but he showed up like three games, I think, in the entire year. At times in the NFL. Um, so you got, you know, Conley, you got Robinson, you got uh, Kel- uh, Kelsey. So I forget about Kelsey. So there's a, a lot of weapons to, to look out for. But in order to keep the ball away from them, you got to put pressure. And I think that Joe Woods is really going to have to figure out a way to get uh, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb back there. Yep. That's going to be key. I, I agree. And, and, uh, Joe Woods, if you're listening, I don't think you are, but if you are, <laughs> we need to go back. We need to go back to old school Broncos defense football. We need to, and, and I wouldn't even say cover one man. I, I say we put our DBs out there and, and we go in more of a nickel package. I say we put out an extra DB out there and I say that DB who, you know, welcome back Adam Jones is going to be that guy. And we go into a modified cover three. And the reason I say that, the reason I say modified cover three is because I M and everybody is afraid of Tyreek Hill's speed and Sammy Watkins for that matter on the outside. We're afraid of their speed. We can't get beat one-on-one on the outside like we have been in the past. So if we go into a modified cover three where we're jamming the inside receiver, moving out into the flats, and then making sure that that middle is covered with either uh, Justin Simmons or Pac-Man Jones, whichever the case we decide, I think that's going to be our best bet. Obviously, the other thing I want to see too is a little bit of a mix-up in play calls. Obviously, 
if we just keep the same defense out there the entire time, it's going to get a, a pretty easy to pick apart. But, you know, switch it up every once in a while. Go from that to a cover one and, and play that man, you know, get some pressure on it. Let Vaughn and Chubb do what they do best. Because we saw last week how Vaughn out in coverage uh, on the running back. He got he scored a touchdown. I mean, he you saw Vaughn looking in the backfield. You knew that he was supposed to be in the flats. They threw it out to the flats to the running back, and he ended up scoring a touchdown. So obviously, even Vaughn Miller is not perfect, but we have to switch up our, our play calls, and that's what I want to see from Joe Woods. Even if it means sometimes going into that cover one press man, just because if they're gonna they're gonna throw quick over the middle, just like you know the last two quarterbacks did on us, their completion rates have been unreal the last two weeks. So that, that's the way to stop it, and that's, that's the easiest way to stop it is let our DBs press man coverage and let Vaughn and Bradley Chubb do his thing. Okay, so enough talking about their high-powered offense and our lackadaisical defense because obviously that's what everybody's going to be expecting this week. Let's, let's go ahead and flip the switch. Let's talk about how terrible the Kansas City defense has been. Oh, yeah. And then let's talk about how bad the Broncos offense needs to have a clean, I repeat, a clean good game we haven't had a single game where we haven't thrown an interception so that's something we need and we also have uh, the last game where every time we got a big play we had some sort of holding call or block of the back or whatever the stupid call, play calls were i think we need a good clean game and i think this is the game that we can do it and to just to stay in this game we're going to need to absolutely and you know we said that their defense is bad but you know, let's give them a, a little bit of, uh, of, of loose there because um, <laughs> they you know they, they're playing well they do have some good players, but that's I think some's a stretch. Um, it just seems like a defense in transition, to be honest. Like they got rid of Marcus Peters uh, due to trade for uh, to, to the Rams. Um, right. Tom Bahali, I think they released too. You know, they they're just kind of like maybe in the middle of getting some some better players for next year in the future. But uh, this defense. Yeah, it's not very strong. Their secondary is, is doing an okay job, but it's, it's just, you know, not where the strength of the team is. Uh, their corners are under six feet, um, and the Broncos receiver, other than Emmanuel Sanders, are all above six feet. So it's the just that physical difference there is enough to make a, a big impact. Um, their defensive line, Chris Jones is their anchor, but the rest of it is kind of questionable they are pretty weak against the run especially when they go in their sub packages when they right. get the other dbs out and they bring some linebackers off the field that's when they get into a little bit of trouble which i think is good for the Broncos offense with phil uh philip Lindsay and with royce freeman these guys will be able to take advantage you know you go in these like spread formations get four receivers one running back spread the defense out and just jam it down their throat i think that's a good way to attack this defense um the issue with that would be Reggie Ragland, and uh, who's playing uh, that middle linebacker, and Anthony Hitchens as well. Um, Hitchens, the leading tackler for uh, for the Chiefs. So both these guys are, are very good. Reggie Ragland is excellent against the run, huge run stuffer. Yes. Um, but unfortunately, against the pass, he's pretty weak. So you know, if, if we get these sub packages, then it'd be a good way to sort of exploit that weakness. Um, Hitchens is sort of the center of the defense, but he's even an average starter in the league. It's it's no uh, superstar level. So. You know, this defense is hard to really to gauge. I think they're going to be on the road, so that's going to have a bit of an impact. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I think the Broncos' offense has an advantage here. Um, I think they're, you know, like I said, they've been lacking a bit of discipline, but the talent is there, and they, they seem to have this firepower. It's just this great potential of the Broncos. So they can go absolutely off in this Chiefs' defense. You know, especially on Monday night, this could be a really good shootout, really good, like, football for TV. Yeah. 
I, I think that's what all of Broncos country is expecting and hoping for. But I, I, I do want to mention a couple big. Obviously, their top two defenders are uh, left outside linebacker Justin Houston and their safety Eric Berry. Mm. I think they have a very similar defense. They run a very similar defense to the old Broncos defense, as well as have very similar personnel to the. You talked about Anthony Hitchens, their inside linebacker, having all the tackles. He reminds me of a Todd Davis. He reminds me of a guy that is yeah. very good at stuffing the run and reading the backfield, but cannot cover it to save his life. So I think that's something that's going to play into our favor. You know, we practice against this type of defense every single day. So I hope that's going to play into our favor. And like I said, it's something that we need. I think Case Keenum needs something that's going to get him going, that's going to get the Broncos offense going. And like I said, clean, good, solid game. And I, I hope it's a shootout. Obviously, I, 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 so I, I want to see I want to see our defense get a few good stops and, you know, maybe uh, get to Patrick Mahomes a couple times, get him a little rattled early in the game would be nice. But I do. I hope for a shootout and I hope that the Broncos can put up the points that we know that we can. Like you said, there's been flashes of greatness that's just been called back for whatever reason. So we need to we need to get out of that mindset and start scoring like we know that we can and, and that we've seen in past. But not consistently. So I know that we normally don't talk about it. We've talked about it in a couple podcasts in the past, but I think something that's going to play a huge factor in this game, because he's always plays a huge factor in these games, uh, is special teams. Now, Marquette King had, a, a, I'd say, a tougher outing last week. He wasn't very great. Obviously, there was uh, it was raining in Baltimore. There was a little bit of uh, moisture in the air, so the ball wasn't going as far. It wasn't as, as pumped up, but... Um, this week, we're playing against a punt returner and the kick returners of Tyreek Hill and DeAnthony Thomas, who are electric when they get the ball in their hands in open field. What are you expecting from the Broncos special teams? Are we going to even kick it to Tyreek Hill when we punt, or are we just going to tell Marquette King to just kick it out of bounds? Kick it out of bounds. Kick it out of bounds. If, 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 if Tyreek Hill's lining up, well, listen, if Marquette King, he's an, an amazing punter in terms of distance and accuracy. But if he's able to change his kick around, sort of kick some helicopters, some reverse spins, some wobbly balls, um, uh, cook for the Ravens, he's able to do that. He's the best punter right. in terms of like skill. Um, and, and so if, if Market King is able to do that, I think that's the way to go. You got to keep Tyreek Keel sort of on his toes when he's looking up at the ball. He's not sure the angle it's taking. So it, it, it slows him down. But if you kick it nice and clean to him, like just hold your breath because who knows what's going to happen. So just kick it out of bounds, get rid of the ball and get, you know, field position. Yeah. And obviously hoping that we don't ever have to kick from behind our own 30 yard line. I mean, we, he should be able to get them and pin them in within their inside their 20, I'd say about 95% of the time, as long as we're not punting from our own 20. So I, I agree with you. I think, I think obviously I we don't want to dive too much in this, but kick it out of bounds, man. Marquette King has got to just kick it out of bounds. And then uh, on the kickoff or kickoffs, we're just going to kick it out of the back end. So I think I think you're going to see a lot less exciting special teams play from our kicking. Maybe a little bit more from our returning. Who knows? Maybe we get a, a couple big uh, plays. But I, I would definitely expect us to not kick them the ball. Absolutely. All right. So, so Matt, what are you looking forward to? What, what do you think your matchup, what kind of matchups are you looking forward to this week? Great question. I think that, I mean, I hate talking about this every week, but I'm going to talk about it every week. The big matchup with the tackles and the defensive ends, until like Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller just dominate a game, I'm going to bring it up. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz has been great. 
But on the other side of the ball, like Eric Fisher, not that strong. Uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, I have to give a shout-out. He's a fellow Canadian. Uh, he's good, but he's having a bit of an off here. So playing that right guard spot could be another weak point, you know, for some twists, inside moves for, for these defensive ends. Um, so, you know, there's there's a lot of opportunity here. And they, when whenever Mahomes isn't playing really well, which is pretty rare, he's under pressure. Uh, he's still new, so he hasn't gotten used to sort of like physicality in the – you know that that pressure that he's going to feel. So that's that's really the matchup I'm looking for. Um, in terms of the the Chiefs defense, Broncos offense. Like, if the Broncos offense doesn't walk down the field on this defense, I'll be pretty disappointed because there's right. a lot of holes. Like Justin Houston's like just one of the best players in the league, uh, but he's he's getting older and he's the only one. So I mean, you double team, you run away from him, you do all these things. He's not going to be as big of a factor, and that's when you can really open up on this defense. So. You know, the Broncos really need to find a way to, to isolate their key players like Philip Lindsley and even this Cortland Sutton kid who's, who's coming into the league and Demarius Thomas and just get them against these run-stopping linebackers and just, you know, pass all over them. If they don't, like, shame on them. Yeah, you hit it on the head on the Broncos' offense. I want to see Philip Lindsay and how, how he comes back from getting ejected. You know what I mean? Mm. It's It's kind of hard as a as a player to get ejected out of any game and, and he owned up to it. He, you know, he obviously didn't fully agree with it, but he owned up to his issues. But how do you bounce back from that kind of play? You know what I mean? We obviously oh, saw yeah, the fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I agree. Like, you know what? I'm a bit old school in that sense that I like somebody who can throw a few punches on my team. You know, you kind of need this guy to start, like we talked about against the Raiders. There needs to be a renewed rivalry. It needs to be a fire. And if you got like a couple fighters on your team, like, you know what? Let him go. Like the Broncos are right. lucky enough that they have, you know, Royce, Royce Freeman, another really good running back, and and so they, they can sort of afford to lose one. But you know, you never really want to get kicked out of the game. But at the same time, you know what? I could let this one slide. And the best way to bounce back is to go out, score, have a great game. If you do right. that, everybody's going to forget him. But if he comes right. back and he has a bad game or gets ejected again, you know, he might lose his spot. And it's almost unfortunate that that fire didn't didn't build with the rest of the team. Obviously he's the rookie and you know, certain things, everybody was kind of sad that he got kicked out, but didn't agree with the call, whatever the case was. But uh, it seemed like there's a lot of people that hang their heads. You know, when you yeah. start getting down, you start, nothing seems to be going your way. It's one thing to be able to hang your head. It's another one to jump on a football that's on the ground and just start trying to yeah. wail for it. And, and rally uh, around that. And yeah. rally, you could rally around that energy and that excitement. Obviously yeah. him getting kicked out of the game was one thing, but um, it, it would be nice to see that from a few more of the players. Obviously, not throwing punches, but just that excitement yeah. and that energy and that instead of putting your, instead of hanging your head down, get angry. You know, uh, that's something that I didn't see out of a lot of the other players. But moving on, we'll talk about that. Oh, sorry, um, that's something that I didn't really see out of the other players that I really would have liked to see through the rest of the game. Uh, on the other side of the ball, you know. We talked about this. We think this is going to be a shootout. We hope. I'd say we hope this is going to be a shootout only because we know what the Kansas City Chiefs are capable of. On the other side of the ball, I want to see Patrick Mahomes come down to earth. I want to see the Patrick Mahomes come back down to, oh my gosh, this is the NFL. I'm not going to be able to throw for 350 yards, 400 yards every single game. You know what I mean? Uh, I want to see Von Miller and Bradley Chubb get to... I know you you picked him as well, but... I want to see him get to to Mahomes. I want to see a couple big hits. I want to see them rattle Patrick Mahomes to the point where we welcome him into the NFL. 
Yeah. And then going from there, there's nothing else, much else, you know, that he can do if he's if he gets rattled early he's not going to stay in the pocket as long he's going to make different decisions and hopefully we can take advantage of that that's that's what i would like to see and that the matchup i would like to see obviously patrick mahomes is a great player to watch whether he's playing our broncos or not but that's something that i i think i want to see is i want to see patrick mahomes get hit early and i want to see if he bounces Mm -hmm. back or if he just you know brings him back down to earth that's a good point okay so let's move on matt uh, let's talk, you know, this is where we get to have a little bit of fun, a little bit less business, a little bit more fun. Uh, so last week you went against the contract, which by the yep. way, I did call Kev Dan. He said that it is against the contract. You have to have to root for the Broncos. Um, uh, I'll pay the fine. It's okay. I'm gonna <laughs> deal on this one. Uh, so, so let's go ahead and see what, what you have for this week. You were right. The Ravens beat us. You were wrong on the score, obviously, but you were oh. right that the Ravens beat us. Well, what do you think is going to happen this game? And what do you think? What do you predicts the the outcome to be well you're not gonna like it because i am picking kansas city to win i i just think that this offense is really really hard to stop and andy reed's been around so long that i just think he's gonna pull out another one and patrick mahomes is just like wow he's this guy's on fire and so i might be a little biased too i have him on my fantasy team so i kind of want him to have a good game <laughs> I've got something else at stake, I'll admit it. But I think the Kansas City Chiefs will win. I think it's going to be a nice shootout. It's going to be a very electric game. And I think it's going to come around to about 42 to 38. You know, sometimes I swear you're like, you're you're out here to purposely go against us. I don't know, I don't know what's going on here. If I see... Hey, don't hate the player, hate the game, man. I'm just saying. Yeah, Kansas if I see an Instagram team. post and you're wearing red, I'm going to be really mad. I hope you know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, but you know what? It's not Falcons red, so I'm never going to wear it. <laughs> I, got, I got my love in another, another boat or wherever. <laughs> I, I think, obviously, I'm, I'm going to pick the Broncos. I think the Broncos' offense is going to click. I think we're going to get rid of our our woes. I think I agree. I think it's going to be a super, super high-scoring game, and I think the Broncos' defense is going to come away with a couple big stops when they need to. And I think it's – and I'm going to go as far as saying – that we're going to be leading and Kansas City is going to have a chance to drive down the field to win the game. And I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think Patrick Mahomes has that mentality yet of that, oh my gosh, I'm down, because he's never had that situation. So I think the Broncos win and I think the score is going to be 35 to 31. Okay. Pretty similar, I think. I think I, I think forty-two thirty-eight might be a little bit too high. I got a little excited there. Yeah. But you know, a game like both teams scoring in the thirties, I think that's that's where it's going to end up. Yeah, yeah, and and I see that. I just uh, obviously we haven't seen a thirty-point Bronco game in a very very long time. But this is week. What was that? This defense. This defense is inviting you for a thirty-point game. You know what it I mean? Is. It's just it's just not what. We, we, we were used to seeing from the, from the Chiefs, like they're allowing, you know, 30.7 points a game. You know what I mean? It's like we can't actually score all those points against Kansas City and more because they're going to be on the road. It's going to be, you know, Broncos' house, right? And the Broncos' defense, like they're, you know, they're allowing about 23 points a game. But I think that since Patrick Mahomes is so strong, he's going to get them up to 30. So it's, you know, this is going to be a pretty high-scoring game, I think. Yeah. It's definitely going to be a fun game to watch. And that's the reason why they put this game on Monday night. And it does kind of suck that we have to watch every other team play before we can watch ours. However, 
I, I do think they did a right. They did a good job on picking the right game. It, it, it would be nice if we were both three and zero going into this game, and this was kind of that mm. that tiebreaker. But let's talk a little bit about the AFC West and how much is this game going to play in playoffs towards the end. Obviously, I, I think that the AFC West is going to get one of those wild card spots, and I hope it goes to us. I'd, obviously, I'd, I'd like to win the AFC West. I think if we beat Kansas City, we we definitely have a chance to win the AFC West, but. Um, if we lose to Kansas City, it's not the end. It's not the end of anything. I think going two and two in the first quarter of the football season is not the end of the world. We have time to pick ourselves up and go forward, and we obviously have another game to play in Kansas City. But we are one and zero the division, so that's, that's good. always good to go. Oh yeah, it's a good start. And you're right. I think you know right now I'm being two and one. I don't think Casey's going to go undefeated. Like honestly, they're going to no. lose a few games this year, so it's. Right now, early in the season, it's good to have these division games because if you do win, then you're, you know, it's a good head start. But um, no, I think Broncos, if anything, will be fighting for a wild card spot. But I think that they do have an equal chance to win this division against Kansas City, unless the Chargers make some historic comeback or the Raiders decide to play football. You know, right. The last thing I want to see though is us not fight. Mm, yeah. You That's know, the last thing you need. The last thing yeah. I want to see is them just demolish us and us not fight. Then I'm going to start getting mad. But if we lose this game in a, in a well-fought last-minute, you know, score, whatever the case is, I think I think it's still salvageable. I think our season is still salvageable, even going 2-2. Two and two. But obviously, let's not talk about that. We're going to go 3-1 because uh, I like proving you wrong. I don't think the Kansas City is going to win. And, Patrick uh, Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, well, yeah, this he's, he's the young. future. Every, the every, future. Young quarterback, every young quarterback has a kryptonite, and we just haven't found it yet. But someone's yeah. going to find that kryptonite, and he's not going to be this good all year. No, he's going to have his bad games for sure. But to score 13 touchdowns with no interceptions in three games, that's pretty impressive considering it's his first year as a starter. And the way this guy's throwing the ball, man, he can hit any anything. Like it's it's imp- I've never seen a guy do this. Like he's really good, and he's electrifying. And he and he, I don't know. He's just he's got something special. I think the potential for him to be a superstar is there. He he honestly looks as though like somebody's playing Madden with him, and he's just this like <laughs> highly rated guy. That's just yeah, he's like a cheat code basically. He could turn out to be one of these guys, but I don't know. I believe in him. Got my heart set on this guy. Yeah, I yeah. will. Why don't you marry him? Um, I wish I could. <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I could. Yeah. All right, any uh, any parting words, anything that you think that we should really be focusing on this game, anything that you want to say to the Orange Weekly listeners? Um, honestly, I think you said it earlier when you said I don't want to see any fighting. Um, the Broncos, schematically, they have it. They have the talent. They have good coaches. It's, it's all in place. But the chemistry needs to be there, and the, the belief in the team needs to be there too. It seems that there's a little bit of lack of trust between the coaches, and you know, that's going to be an issue. If that doesn't get fixed, the players will respond to that and it won't be positive. So I think this week is really important um, to, to build that team chemistry, to build that trust and to, to find a way to get together and play a good, solid game as a whole unit, not just offensively and defensively. It has to be a whole team. And it starts with the head coach and the coordinators. I think they need to kiss and make up and then move on. Right. I think the Broncos need to forget and move forward. And obviously, yeah. we you know we're as we're recording this, we hope that they're doing it in practice and just you know moving forward and moving on to the next game. But I think that's the biggest key to this game is not 
to hype this Kansas City team up as being 3-0 and and unstoppable, but the other way around and saying, hey, we're the underdogs going to this. And we're, and, and I, I don't know what the Vegas line is. I'm, I'm going to look that up real quick. Um, I think KC's favored by five. Uh, uh, five? Okay, so it's not as bad as I thought it would be. No, no, no. No, it's going to be a tight game, like honestly. The Broncos offense is good, man. They're moving the ball well. Like there's picks, but it's they're dynamic. They've got a lot of elements, so. Yeah, I, and again, it's going to be a high-scoring game. We hope. We hope it's a high-scoring game. We hope it's an exciting game, and we hope that the Broncos come out on top. Well, thanks again uh, for joining me again this week, Matt. Uh, obviously, we're, we're going to keep bringing Broncos country the best possible product that we can give you guys. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns for us, please go on to our Facebook page, Broncos Orange Weekly on Facebook. We have our live shows. We have a couple other podcasts, obviously, if you guys are, if you guys are subscribed. And yeah, we have a really good season going this year. We have a really good thing with these Denver mm-hmm. Broncos. We're 2-1. and one. We're going into a, a big Kansas City game that if we win really brings a good vibe to Broncos country. If we lose, cool. We move on and we get to the next level. But we hope that you guys are enjoying this season. We hope you guys are enjoying everything Broncos country to bring in. And I hope if you're going to the game, you're bringing the noise because that's another aspect of this mm. that might really, really help the Denver Broncos is bring the noise against the young quarterback. So... Please enjoy. Uh, Thanks again for listening. And as always, we're going to bring it out with the Go Broncos and the Mad Fanatic. Orange, man. I'm rocking orange, man.